Praise God. <laughs> well, I got to say right, uh, right away here, um, if there's anybody that's going to be surprised about what I preach today, it's going to be me. Because I know one thing for sure, that when the Holy Spirit has been dealing with me about some things, and, uh, well, A.J. actually um, asked me about three weeks ago and to, uh, if I had anything I would like to share. And I see that there was something trending um, the way Tammy, because we didn't talk, we didn't, you know, we didn't interact with each other, we didn't share notes. But what Tammy preached last week was like, I can just springboard off of that so easy. And there's some other things that are being done around here at the church that, uh, that I've been trying to not take it all in because I would have way more than I really need to share. Uh, but one of the things is, is the, um, the power of healing class. I was there this morning, and that's like, Ugh. <laughs> and just like praise God for that. And, and you know, so you want to take things from there. And one of the things that uh, another is uh, Dorothy Gear gave me a book by uh, Charles Finney. It was his little autobiography. And uh, I've been reading that. And so I'm like going, okay, I know what I'm really ready for now. Because there were some things that are coming up in that book that uh, are very interesting. And, uh, but one of the, uh, I was sharing with my wife, Judy, um, who we just celebrated our 43rd anniversary, yay, hallelujah, um, that uh, some of the stuff, in fact, most of the stuff that Charles Finney was talking about, his interaction with Jesus and his interaction with the Holy Spirit, the way he described it, I was like going, yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I've experienced that. I know exactly what he's saying. I know exactly all about that, that power flowing down over you. Hallelujah, Jesus. The power and the anointing rolling down over you like sweet oil, touching every part of you and sending you skyrocketing. Glory to God. And I said, but who am I? I said, how can I equate myself with Charles Finney? And uh, I said, I shouldn't equate, equate myself with Charles Finney. And Jesus said, you shouldn't. He said, you should equate yourself with me. Amen. Glory to God. He said, you're, you're better than that. He said, you equate yourself with me and see where I'll take you. Don't, don't attach yourself to some man. I don't care if he's got a great anointing. He's seen the power of God fall. He sees miracles and everything. You stick with me. Glory to God. He said, you don't follow a man, you follow Jesus. You talk to Jesus when you need something, praise God. I'll be there when that guy's 1,000 miles away or 200 years ago. I'm still here. I'm still alive. I'm still functioning. I'm still doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing. Glory to God. And all I want is you to do the things that I want you to do. And I said, amen, I'll do that. I can do that much. Glory to God. And I have experienced some things. Hallelujah. But anyways, we better open up with prayer, and uh, we'll get on with it here. I'll get my notes just so that I don't get too far distracted. That's probably not going to work, but I'll try anyways. <laughs> Amen. So uh, I actually tried to write some notes, and you ought to see uh, Judy will tell you, I was in my office yesterday, and it was like, okay, I'm going to write this down. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do it this way. 
and all I got is a bunch of ripped out pages on my notepad here because it just doesn't work for me. I am like Charles Finney that way. He said he never wrote out his sermons. He never did any notes. He just waited until the Spirit of God came on him, and then he preached. <laughs> and uh, that's uh, I was like, I can, I can live with that. I can do that. Praise God. Um, but we will pray. We do definitely need uh, the presence and power of God on us today. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming with us today, joining us empowering us, doing the things that only you can do, praise God. And I pray this morning, Lord, I speak over every person in this room, every mind and every heart, every spirit and every soul, that you would speak to them individually in a perfect and precious way that would lift them up, encourage them, strengthen them, give them new insight, new hope, new healing, new power new presence of your glory in the name of Jesus, that they would know you in a more perfect and real way than they've ever known before, that nobody should leave this room without being touched by the spirit of the living God in the name of Jesus. I speak to angels to come, be ministers of fire to, un to those who inherit salvation today. Minister around this place, Lord. Release the power of your glory and your great presence in the name of Jesus. We give you glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Now, I, uh, I decided that uh, probably the easiest way for me to do this would be just to get to the point. <laughs> I mean, to go all the way to the end. Because we're seeing some things in our country that I want to encourage about identity, image, anointing these kinds of things that, that, that Christians need to be aware of, to be refreshed, or if you've never heard it before, well, here in it today, in the name of Jesus, that we all these things have to be um, uh, are part of our, our who we are, and we need to uh, be consciously aware of them. They have to be in the upper level of our consciousness so that we can respond when we're challenged. We, you know, when, you're, when you face a challenge or you come into a situation, it's best if you can just immediately say, in the name of Jesus, I don't receive that. I'm against that. I oppose it. I go right into prayer. I'll call upon the name of the Lord. I'll speak about the power of his blood. I'll speak about the power of the cross. If somebody wants to deny me, glory to God, deny that, that, that I have the presence and power of God on me, well, then I'm going to preach it. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to share it. I want to, I want to live it out in front of people. And uh, one of the, um, uh, is the experiences that I've had um, are just too much. I've been around, well, I mean, obviously, hello. <laughs> I've been around a while. And I've been born again for over 40 years. And, uh, and I'm just getting started. I'm just beginning to understand some things. But the more I discover, the more I want to search. The more, I, the more I see of Jesus, the more I want of him. The more I desire to know what he has for, for my life. And he does things like that. Um, and, he's going to be trans and all of this is about being transformed into his image. Because what we see going on in the world today is uh, I, I want to talk about some of the things that have been trending and, uh, and, and deal with those right from the very beginning. Um, a lot of these things that we're hearing about identifying as this and identifying as that and transitioning that and doing this and that and the other, that isn't new. That's ancient history. Right. Yep. And I researched, I did some, just some casual research, and I found out, man, this is like, 
I mean, I mean, actually, just in my own life. This was all going on when I was in my 20s. Believe me, I lived down in Atlanta when I was in my 20s, and it was like, hello. It, uh, I mean, I, I don't even want to bring into the church the kind of things that I saw, the people that I witnessed. And I wasn't born again then, and, uh, and even then I was like going, there's something not right here. But anyways, uh, <laughs> you know, but, you know, I, but they, it, it uh, so it has been around, but all of it has to do with that right there. Well, I'm pointing at that TV screen, but anyways, is, it, is his image. It's all about twisting and turning and devaluing God's image that was born into us when he created us. And is taking that image and distorting it to where it's unrecognizable. And that's what Jesus said when he said, that's the whole point of this whole process, is that you must be born again. Because what that whole, uh, the whole thing about sin and corruption and distortion of our image is if we're born again, that's all brought back into place. That's all brought back into focus. And uh, let me see the, um, is I, do I have the uh, uh, Venn diagram? I'll go to that one first. There it is, okay. Spirit, soul, and body. This is who we are. We got to remember that. I mean, this is who everybody is. If you've, if you've walked on this planet, this is, this is you. This is, your, this is your created person, spirit, soul, and body. Now, some people aren't aware of that. I, I, I thought, it, to me, I thought this is Christianity 101. But we are spirit created in the image of God. When he breathed into Adam the breath of life and Adam became self-aware, he became a living soul. He recognized that, hey, I'm Adam, and you're God. <laughs> and this is really cool. I like this. This is really working out well. And God said, if you think this is good, here's a woman for you. And Adam said, hoo-hoo, you did good, Lord. <laughs> you did real good, praise God. Now, that's the Denny Atwater translation, but I think he felt like that. He was happy about that. You know, so... And so men and women, we, we got that. We got that. God made us equal right from the beginning. It's a good thing. It's meant to be. And, and it's a wonderful process. And I'm telling you right now, you can't improve on it. You can distort it. You can misshape it. You can snip it and clip it. But it ain't going to make any difference. It's still the best thing that ever happened on this planet. Man and woman, praise God. They work well together. Hallelujah. That's why there's 8 billion of us on the planet. Something's working. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. But that's what's born again is our spirit man is what died when man rejected God's word. And the enemy came in and said, did God say? And he distorted man's image of himself because what did he do? He ran and hid. He ran and put on and, and God said, where are you? <laughs> I see you over there in the bushes. <laughs> Why are you over there in the bushes? He's over there. First camel. <laughs> you can't see me, Jesus. <laughs> oh, yes, I can. But anyways, uh, when, when that happened, that, that went down to everybody, that distortion of our image. And what God wanted to do is restore that, bring us back into that right relationship with him. And he designed it that it should be done through Jesus Christ. He didn't design it through anybody else. 
Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way, the only truth, and the only life. That's, and I don't care if that sounds, it, it sounds exclusive, but actually what it does is it makes everybody included. Everybody's included in that salvation promise. Everybody on the planet has that salvation promise. It doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. Well, I was poor. I, I grew up in the wrong side of the tracks, or I got the wrong skin color, or I was born in the wrong body, or I, I got more degrees than a thermometer. And, you know, I don't care. And I, I got money, you know. They're, they're having a, a, a billionaire summer camp out in Idaho. And these are all guys that are going climate change, climate change, but they flew 140 different private jets into there. You know, and then they're all going to sit around to see how they can tax us for the air we breathe. I'm sorry, that's not right. But anyways, I'm not going to get political. Oh, too late. <laughs> Praise God. And, uh, but this is who we are. And see, most people are so infatuated with their body. We all are. I mean, this is it. Whoops. <laughs> this is the, uh, <laughs> this is, don't slap the mic. <laughs> This is, this, is, this is what our spacesuit that gives us the right to walk on this planet. But it's our spirit that gives us the life in this thing. It's that spirit part of us that has that life energy that gives life to this body. And what keeps this body alive, what Jesus said, the power or the life is in the blood. And that's why his blood had to be shed. The life, his life blood had to be shed into the earth. He had to come as a man to shed his blood into the earth to redeem the earth, to redeem all of creation and to redeem all of mankind. And it had to start with his, and he did the whole thing, spirit, soul, body. He had to deal with every part of our being. And so, and see, he could have done spirit and soul, or he could have sent angels to deal with our soul. He, might, he could have sent angels to preach the gospel. But something has to be done for the whole entirety of who we are. We are, we are spirit beings. We have a soul, which is our mind, will, emotions, and intellect, our personality, what makes us unique. And we live in this meat sack. <laughs> and we get to walk around on this planet. And this thing's going to, yeah, you guys, like, can't we talk about it better than that? Well, it's really, <laughs> we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. And the human body is absolutely incredible. Amen. But this is, this is only a brief period of time. Yeah. This is it. This is, this is only going to be around, well, I better not put a limit on myself because I'm getting close. <laughs> I don't want to say, ah, we're only good for 80, no, maybe 90, 100, you know, because I'm getting closer. And all these young guys, I see some of these young people around here. I, I've gone over to the jail and minister on Thursday nights and all these young guys, I'm like, oh, you guys, don't do this with your life. Don't make decisions like this. They're going to affect your whole life. And that's what I would say to any young person, especially young people, if there's anybody on the internet watching, if this happens to get across, or if you know young people that are actually considering doing some things like transitioning and stuff like this, I just, you know, I, I'm not going to condemn them or be angry with them, or, or, or I'm going to love them. I'm going to tell them one thing. If there's anything else, understand this. Your body, you got a long ways to go, you know, when I was, um, 
I was, when I graduated from high school, I was like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, weighed 127 pounds. <laughs> By the time I was 22, I was 5'10", 5'11", and put on about 35 pounds. And I'd been working uh, construction, so it was, you know, 4% body fat. Anybody remember those days? But anyways, hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> and, uh, but it was good. You know, but I, I had been out of town for a couple of years, and I came back to Jamestown. I was you know, went to high school in Jamestown and came back. And I saw, hey, how you guys doing? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, and they're like going, you look familiar. And I didn't, real, I didn't realize that I had grown and put on weight. I had just, you know, didn't even think about it. You know, I wasn't thinking about it in those days. And, uh, but that was like by, you know, 2022. You know, your body, young people, your body's going through so many changes. And I know that's what causes a lot of confusion. It causes some curiosity. It causes some things that, that uh, maybe, you know, it just are, there's a, a world of wonder in growing up. I loved it. I enjoyed it. I was always curious. That's why I want to stay like a child. I want to stay curious. I always look for the adventure. I want to find the, the, the goodness out of life and keep discovering things and keep, uh, keep uh, developing and growing, especially in Christ. And Jesus is really good about that. He said, you keep on searching me out. You're going to, I, I got plenty of treasure for you to find. I was like, okay, let's go look. And then he goes, come on. He's always wonderful about that. But you know, don't make, and I would tell any young person, just, uh, just uh, out of love for them, do not make a decision about something drastic to your body that I'm telling you. Give it time to grow anyways. Give it time to develop and finish. I mean, you might, this messing with kids that are young, I'm sorry, there's, there's, a, there's a hammer coming down on that. And, uh, and one of the things is, is that, um, and I know this church is like, you know, I speak in a, um, I have a, well, I have a, I teach like a Baptist, I preach like a Pentecostal, hallelujah, and I prophesy like a charismatic. So I'm, I'm Baptocostal charismatic if you want to know what my background is. <laughs> hallelujah. You know, get a little Pentecostal in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Glory to God, hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Somebody say praise God, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good for a bunch of Presbyterians. But anyway, you know, I'm just kidding. I love you guys. <laughs> I love Presbyterians too. Hallelujah. <laughs> now you made me lose track. Where was I? <laughs> what was I doing? The body? Oh, the spirit. I'm still on that, huh? <laughs> I thought I was, I got raptured for a minute. <laughs> Oh, but, the, you know, so I don't want young people to make drastic decisions because all of us could tell you, say at some point in our life, we wish we hadn't done that. Yeah. Yeah. Or how many times would we say, if I could go back? Now, I used to say that I'd go to the Lord, Lord, if I could just go back. He said, you'd just make a whole new set of mistakes. So just be happy where you are. <laughs> just be glad you got here, you know. You're 71. You don't want to go through this again. So I came up with a new plan. I want to be 20 now. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to work. But uh, 
And I said, you know, because I was talking to Judy about it, I said, I wonder if I could be 20 and still collect my Social Security and nobody would notice. <laughs> we have to talk about that later. But being 20 now would be a great time. As you know, young people, you got so much opportunity. You got so much life in front of you. And believe me, the discovery process goes on. You know, the other thing that I found out about growing, I found out that when I turned 40, I grew two more inches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, way, <well>, yeah. <laughs> so your body is always changing. You know, it's always developing, but your mind is too. But most of all, when you're born again, your spirit, man, just continues to grow. Um, can I have the, uh, um, the roller coaster slide? There we go. Now, some of you have probably seen that. That is, that is my trademark. That's me and the Holy Spirit. And that was the first time I met the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't so much I was scared. It's just like, what's going on here? <laughs> and, uh, and I found out about the anointing. I found out the baptism. I, talked, I found out about prophesying and speaking in tongues. And, uh, and I want to tell you, there's a continuation to this story. It's kind of like this. Um, I was in Hershey Park. And uh, we were there we were going on, this was years ago. And I wanted to go on this log ride thing because you got all wet and it was hot. And, and the rest of the family said, no, nah, we don't want to walk around wet for the rest of the day. So uh, I said, okay, I'll go by myself. And I got on here, and then these big, long seats they had, these uh, couple of 10-year-old, I'd say about 10-year-old boys got on there. And, of course, I, the 10-year-old came out in me. <laughs> and uh, so I started going. The things went chunk, 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 chunk up the hill. And that is getting up closer to the top. And I'm going, I think I'm going to be sick. <laughs> and I said, it's giving me gas. And, of course, these boys are going, yeah, yeah. They're laughing and everything. Yeah, yeah. And they're saying things that 10-year-old boys say that I can't repeat. And they, uh, and they were, so that got them all stirred up and everything. And so then we're all, and then we're right down. And, and I go off to join my family. And, uh, and I'm walking along, and I hear this, hey, hey. And I turn around, and here's these two boys, wet, kind of shaking, and they're going, would you go with us again? <laughs> and I'm like, well, no, I'm sorry, guys. I got to go. But see, that, when I get off of that ride with the Holy Spirit, I run right over and say, Holy Spirit, can we go again? Can we go again? I want to do this ride again. I want to go on this, on this adventure with you again. And uh, he said, yeah, we can do that anytime you want. It's like he said, this book right here, to me, this is how I engage with the Holy Spirit. It's like a box full of fireworks. And I look at it, and I'm, I'm reading it. And uh, I go, Holy Spirit. I said, what about this one? And he goes, well, light it and see what happens. I was, yeah. And uh, so he drops that kind of explosive stuff inside of me for my own personal growth. And see, that's how your spirit man grows, is through this word with the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit when he anoints and reveals. That's all what the Holy Spirit is about, is revealing Jesus, 
revealing the power of the word. And when you start getting revelation of this word, it, it does. It just lights you up like a Roman candle. At least it does me. And uh, it'll, it'll do things like that. And I used to say, well, who am I going to share this with? And he goes, he said, about 80% of what I give you is for you. It's just for your spirit man to grow. It's just for you to have, that's your nourishment. That's your spiritual nourishment that you need that when, when things do come, when that tragedy does happen, when that moment arises, when you don't know where you're going to turn, and you can say in your heart, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Amen. hallelujah, that all of a sudden you hear a voice and a hand reaches out of the darkness and said, follow me. And it's Jesus. And he said, I've been here before. I've walked through this darkness before. I know what this is all about. And I will bring you through in Jesus' name. Praise God. I will bring you through this place. And he has. That's right. He has every time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because I know that that's in my spirit, man. That when it's dark, I know that there's a Jesus has already been there. He's already walked through the gates of hell for me. He already took care of that business down there. When he walked into those gates, you know, there was those uh, two thieves that were with him. And that first thief that mocked him and denied him, he came to the very gates of hell. And that gate that has says, all ye enter here, forget about any hope. There's no hope left after you enter in here. And that gate opened up and the demon that was there took that man and grabbed him and said, now enter into your eternity. And, that, and he thought he heard, that man thought he heard the gate hinges squeaking and squealing and carrying on. And he thought it was the gate hinges and he realized it was his own screams. He realized it was his own agony of knowing that I'm going to be separated from God forever. That there's an eternal burning fire that I'm condemned to because I mocked the one that could save me. I mocked the one that could have set me free. I mocked the one that could have turned my life over and around forever and ever. And he cast him into that eternal fire. And then there was the second thief. He came walking up, and that demon went to grab him, and all of a sudden, the hand came out and said, uh-uh, this one's with me. This one's with me. Jesus said, this one's with me. And he said, there's a part of this place that we're going into. It's called paradise, and that's where we're going. But I'm going to preach something here first before we get there. And that demon bowed down. Jesus stepped over him and said, where's death? Death came to grab him, and his arm withered. And he fell down, said, I have no power over you. Sin came with its lies and its condemnation. And Jesus was found innocent in that judgment. And there's a whole other part to that story, but I don't have time to go there now. <laughs> Hallelujah. He led captivity captive. There's a whole big deal about that. Glory to God. I better get to my notes. <laughs> so, oh, yes. And I want to give a shout out here because there's, you know, we speak prophetically. We're not talking about I can give you the numbers to the lottery. Because if I knew the numbers to the lottery, I'm going to use it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm selfish. 
But, you know, <laughs> is, uh, but be speaking prophetically is speaking from the throne of God, the things that God wants to bring, that he wants to see developed into the earth. And I know that uh, recently we've had uh, uh, some of you, a lot of you have probably seen the Sound of Freedom. And, uh, and in that movie, he quoted a scripture. It said he talked about the millstone being put around their neck. And I thought, wait a minute, we're kind of ahead of the curve here at Praise Fellowship. You know, Ann was up to this five years ago, five years, six years ago. How long has it been since Restoring Hope was how many? Eight. Holy cow, talk about prophetic. She's way ahead of the curve. I can't believe that much has gone by. You know, so that, you know, this church has already been involved in this. This church is already actively involved. We're praying about it. We're giving into it. We're seeing results. We know what's going on. I was like going, hey, that, where's Basil at in this whole movie? Anyways, but, and, uh, but we, need to, we need to stick to it because I'm telling you right now, I, I appreciate that that man went into the deep jungles of Columbia and rescued somebody, but there's kids right here in this country that need rescued. And I'm asking, Father, in the name of Jesus, you expose those hidden places. Lift off the lids of darkness and expose those places where those kids are being held in the name of Jesus. Reveal them, Lord. Bring to justice those who would do such a thing with our kids, Father. And I just praise you and thank you that you will work mightily in Jesus' name on behalf of those children. Praise God. And, uh, and I know that we had, uh, we had these... Um, Cardboard things are not cardboard. What is that? Poster board or something that we a year or two a couple years ago that we wrote all the names of all the kids in this area the high schools and The schools in the area and the teachers and we wrote all the names down and we've been praying and we've been praying over them ever since every time I come in here in the prayer room I wrote a prayer on one of them And what did I say? I said it on that prayer that I wrote on one of those placards I wrote on there Jesus bring your millstone of indignance against these people that would want to bring harm and manipulate our children into making bad. And, and Jesus said, you know, anyone that causes these children to sin, it would be better for them from millstone. That's the best they can expect, that if a millstone was tied around their neck and they were cast into the sea, we got to fight for our kids. But we fight with them in prayer. Our prayers are effectual. Our prayers can be fervent. And our, and, and our demand, we can go to the throne of God and make the demand that our children are kept free. That our, look at all those little yahoos running out of here. There's a million of them. You guys been up to anyways. Hey. <laughs> praise God for these kids. You know, praise God for these young people. And... Uh, um, let me see, am I going to ever get to the message? Yeah, next time. Um, actually, I am, because this is really what about, about building our Christian identity and, um, and building it in a way that it's recognizable. And, uh, and, and actually, I got this from, well, I, it was, you know, the Holy Spirit will just download anywhere. And I was listening to another guy at the jail doing some teaching and of course, I was going, but <laughs> please let me say something. But, <laughs> and, uh, but I have to learn to control myself. 
But he read, uh, he read through the whole process of, of Acts chapter 10, which was amazing. And uh, see, Acts 11, I will actually read some scripture. Oh, okay. So um, now there was, there was some things going on over in, uh, well, I'll go up to verse 20. I may not have it all on there, but um, um, now those who were scattered after the persecution that rose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and the great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then the news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. And uh, when he had came and seen the grace of God and was glad, encouraged them all with purpose of heart that they should continue with the Lord. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek uh, Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught great many people there. And the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. Now, I'm sorry that was a lot to read there. But the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. And I thought, that's... Well, what is that? What was the key to that? And it wasn't that they all were wearing T-shirts that said, I'm a Christian, <laughs> or something that, along that line. Um, not that there's anything wrong. I've got some shirts and stuff you know, that, I, that I wear myself. But it, there was something that they were doing there that was recognizable. And what's noticeable about this is there's none of the main names of the disciples in that passage. It just said some men. So, you know, they were scattered. It said they were scattered. And then some men just wandered into town and started preaching Jesus. <laughs> and then from Cyprus and Cyrene, they just came in and started preaching Jesus. And then the news got back to the church. They said, hey, what's going on down there? <laughs> Somebody said, what should be going on in your church? But anyways, <laughs> it was going, there was so much activity going on, it piqued their interest and said, wait a second, because see, now they're starting this, well, there's a whole background, there's a lot of backstory to this, but they're starting to see now where the Gentiles, where the worldwide church was starting to be, the worldwide body of Christ was being birthed where things were being done in a manner it said these guys didn't even get named. Jesus got named, and that it said, and whatever they were doing is that they were called Christians. Well, that's where our image, that's what our whole identity is about. Being called a Christian isn't, I, I'm not a Christian because I read my Bible or because I go to church. These are things that I do because I'm a Christian, but why am I a Christian? Why am I really a Christian? What does that word really mean? And in this context, it meant they're acting just like Jesus. They, and what it was saying when they say Christ, which is anointed, or Messiah, Messiah, anointed, Christ, all mean the same thing. They were saying they, these people are anointed like Jesus was. They're saying that he's anointed like him. And they're doing the same things he was doing. 
they must be little Jesuses or little Christs. So they were called Christian. And that's the real depth of the meaning is that we're carrying an anointing and his image to reveal him in the earth. And that's, when, that's where we need to be developing as Christians, not so much, you know, I know there's ideology out there that we have to stand against. I know there's politics that we have to deal with. But rather than focus on them things, focus on Jesus and go around to as many people as you can. These guys were just running around. They said, let's go to Antioch and do whatever Jesus would do if he was in Antioch and start acting like Jesus in Antioch. And we just went downtown Warren and started acting like Jesus in downtown Warren. And somebody would say, are you a Christian? Well, I hope so, because I just revealed Jesus to you. Well, how do we reveal Jesus to them? Through the power of the anointing. There are signs, wonders, and miracles that follow the word. But that's just the beginning. Because I, I used to, I've heard it said, and it was kind of a little disappointing to say, well, you don't live on miracles. Miracles are just to get you down the road a little further. A miracle is just to get you to that next step of your relationship of Jesus Christ. Somebody needs a miracle to turn their life around. Somebody needs a miracle to get moving in the right direction. Somebody needs the miracle of the new birth. Jesus said it. You must be born again. And, uh, and, you know, and one of the things that, that I, I, I see that uh, was taken care of in the Bible, if you want to know, well, how do we deal with all these ideologies and all these cultural things and these social issues? And, and um, you know, and I was talking to a young person the other day that I mistook for, but anyways, we got to talking, and it was actually a nice talk. And this person said, you know, I have 10,000 followers on YouTube. And I said, well, that's, that's good. And I wanted to say, but it doesn't matter how many followers you have is who you're following. Jesus just wants one follower, you. He's saying, follow me. He was the first one that was looking for followers. This is ancient stuff. Everybody thinks it's new. <laughs> I want you for a friend. Jesus is a friend to sinners. 2,000 years ago, way ahead of the curve. <laughs> way ahead of the curve. So, um, and the other thing is, is if I, if I can just help us with this, if, if you want to, um, uh, in Galatians chapter 3, uh, verse 26 through 28, this deals, and this is what I love so much about the born-again experience, about being a Christian, about walking in Christ, about the, the, and, and about the challenges that we face in our culture today. Well, guess what? Paul said, you know, I, I want to encourage you because you're in the midst of a perverse and crooked generation. Are you talking about now, Paul? No, they were dealing with it then too. So this is nothing new. We're just at our place in history. And he said, I want to encourage you in Christ. I want to encourage you to walk in Christ. I want you to, to encourage you to walk in the anointing. We need the anointing. And, um, and he says here, for you, are, you all are children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. If you've been baptized into the anointing, you've put on the anointing. For there is neither Jew nor Greek, 
There's no race. There is neither slave nor free. There's no class, no difference in wealth. There's neither male nor female. There's no gender. I don't care how many government says there is. Jesus said in him there's none. You're all the same. You're all the same. You're all the same in me. You're my children. You're the ones that I love. You're the ones that I gave my life for. So you don't have to fight about these things. It isn't I'm not rich enough. Or I'm not, you know, I've come from this kind of a background. Or because of my race that, you know, there's, you know, I don't believe in a white Jesus. I don't care. It isn't about race. It isn't about gender. It isn't about your social status. It is definitely not about social media. Break my heart, why don't you? <laughs> Hallelujah. And the things that we're dealing with now, it's the reason that they seem like a pressure or something like that is because they may be new to us, but they're not new to mankind. And Jesus has already dealt with this a long time ago. And so we walk in freedom of that. When we walk in the freedom of that, where, where you know, we do have um, responsibility in the earth to what? Manifest the kingdom in the earth. And in the earth, in the kingdom, children aren't being abused. People aren't killing and murdering. <laughs> People aren't staying sick and broken and downhearted, addicted. They're getting free. When we release the kingdom, that's what the anointing on us is for. Is, is it makes me happy, but it's, Jesus, it's just not for you. <laughs> I want you to release it for them. I want them to know my presence. I want them to know and understand who I am. I want them to be filled with and anointed by me so that they can do the same thing, so that they can go forward and release the power of the kingdom of God. See, the first part of being born again, that the, the power of the cross and the power of the blood, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that's the gospel of salvation in, for faith in Jesus Christ. But the continuation of that, the development of that, is the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom is now I got born again and now I'm getting into heaven. That's the gospel of salvation. The gospel of the kingdom is I got born again and now Jesus is getting into the earth through me, through you. Because that's what Jesus wants to do. He wants to minister through us so that we can touch others' lives. Amen. And we may not get the um, recognition, but I'll tell you what, Jesus will give you opportunity. Don't believe me. I don't have to, I, I've gotten to the point now where, you know, um, I can just be walking around minding my own business and somebody will literally bang, well, excuse me, and next thing you know, they're pouring out their life to me. And I'm like, I, yeah, <laughs> okay, Jesus. I'm like, well, okay, Holy Spirit, this is yours. This is all on you because I am not ready for this. But I am. I am because I do have the Holy Spirit in me. And I believe that for every one of you. Get ready to minister to somebody. Get ready to minister to somebody else's life to encourage them, to build them up. Pray for them for healing. Where's my healing class in here? 
Raise your hands. Don't be shy. You guys are going to be laying hands on people. You wouldn't be in that class if you didn't want to go out and lay hands on people and see them healed. And the rest of you, yeah, you're in there too. You may not be going to the class, but I've already given you your certificate. Jesus said you can heal. Because he did. He went about, you know, and that's where, that's where the uh, um, Acts 10.10. 10. Um, this is, I mean, Acts 10.38. This is probably my favorite verse in the Bible. And it's so favorite, I can't find it. <laughs> there should be a broken binder right there, right? Because before they were, before that event down in Antioch where they were recognized as Christians, they had to have something occur in their lives. And this is where Peter had gone down to Cornelius' house and, um, and this is where we got in on this, is when the anointing, because, see, the anointing had been released on the Jewish disciples. And then God said, I want you to release it on the Gentiles. There's a guy over there. You know, Peter didn't even want to go there. I don't want to go in that guy's house. He's a Gentile, <laughs> you know. And uh, um, so, but he went over there anyways. He was obedient, but he took a bunch of other guys with him too. He said, yeah, you guys got to come with me, be a witness that I did this reluctantly, but I'm going to go ahead and be obedient to God. And then he got in there, and then the Holy Spirit came on. Hallelujah. <laughs> and he started preaching. And that word you know, which was proclaimed uh, throughout Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism, which John preached, after the baptism of repentance, there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit. How, now, this is it. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Right there, that's it. That's, that's everything right there in that one verse. God anointed. Now, catch this. He didn't anoint Jesus Christ. Jesus of Nazareth became the Christ after the anointing was on him, because that's what the anointing is. It's, it's, uh, it's the anointing. He became Jesus, the anointed one. But he was Jesus of Nazareth until this point. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. So obviously the anointing is God with us, right? God is with us, attached to us, in us, around us, through us, and giving us and empowering us to do the things that only he can do. He can do the miracles. He can bring healing. He can cause deliverance. He can cause the power. You know, I want to be, I, you know, my interactions with the Holy Spirit are very similar to Charles Finney. I just haven't seen the results yet. But, you know, like, you know, when you just walk around and start telling people, yeah, you know, you need to get born again, and they just fall down. It's like, okay, that worked. <laughs> and then six months later, you're still preaching, just walking around telling people, hey, you know, you guys, there's something not right here. And they go, oh, and they, and they fall out of their chairs and they go home weeping and then they come back. You know, I mean, I want to see the power of God that way. And I believe that's the trending that we're seeing now. I believe that some things are opening up uh, around us, 
not only in this body of Christ, but in the entire body of Christ, because the Holy Spirit does want to bring a greater, more effective work into the earth. And he wants a people that can believe for it. He wants a people that are prepared for it. And I think we're in that preparation process of, of knowing that. And I know now, I already know that I've experienced enough individually ministering to people that that's what the Holy Spirit wants. But he wants it from all of us. And it's, 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 it's great. I mean, if you have experienced releasing the anointing into somebody's life, you get blessed, <laughs> believe me. It's such an awesome experience to be able to lay hands or pray over or speak into or prophesy over someone and see that, you know, I mean, and, it, and there are some times that I do, I feel like the kid on the roller coaster, I'm going, yeah, who? And other times I just, you're talking to somebody and next thing you know, the waterworks are going. And they're going, what did I just do? And it's like, no, it's what the Holy Spirit just did. You just made it available. Amen. As long as we keep that perspective, it's not about me healing. It's not about me ministering. It's not about me setting captives free. It's about the Holy Spirit being released to do it. And he'll do it bang like that. He'll do it in a heartbeat. I've seen it, you know. I've, and I've laid hands on enough people that, were, that when you get done, they go, what did you just do to me? <laughs> I said, that's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that's the Holy Spirit. Really? Yeah. You'll get to know him. You'll get to know him. And that's, that's, that's a wonderful thing that we can walk in. And um, let me see. Okay, I'm about halfway through. Not really. Um, oh, the, uh, and, and that's where, that's where, you know, if we, if we, and the reason I can say all of this and that it, it, that it is available to us is simply because of what Jesus did. You know, obviously it's the, it's the cross, the, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. But um, when he was, Luke chapter 4, and, you know, and I know this is all, I know this is all very basic stuff, and, uh, but it's also very powerful stuff. It's just, it's, it's the stuff that makes up our identity. You know, the kind of things that I did when I was a kid, you know, well, some of those things I wish I hadn't. But anyways, but they're all part of who I, the, how I was raised and all that stuff and being born again and all the process of, that, of my life. It still makes me who I am. And so all those parts and pieces fitting together builds our identity in Christ. And sometimes we just have to go over them, review them, and, uh, and understand um, just in a more conscious way that, yeah, I do, carry the, I do carry the power of God in my life. I do have authority in my life. I do have the opportunity to help somebody else's life be changed. And I don't, and I don't have to do it judgmentally. I don't have to do it uh, in, a, in a manner that is um, provoking or anything like that. I can just do it out of love because I just release his love into their life and it makes it, the rest of it's easy. If all I do is just share how he loves me with somebody else and let that love flow into their life and speak that love into their life, 
It's, I, I don't have to do anything, and I'll let, I'll let his love, I'll let his glory, I'll let his anointing deal with them. And I know how he deals with them, because that's how he deals with me. He chastises such as he loves. <laughs> and, I've, and I know the chastisement of Christ, but that's a whole other story. I have to read the book. But anyways, so Jesus had been anointed, I mean been baptized. He got baptized with water. The Holy Spirit came upon him, John Luke 4. And, uh, and God declared over him, you know, and, the, and this is why we declare over our kids, this is my beloved son, this is my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. They're raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. They will not wander, they will not be weak. They will be strong in Christ, they will walk in the will of God, they will be successful, they will see the things that I believe God has designed and purpose for them. There's opportunity, there's growth, there's things that can be done in their life that they're not even aware of yet. But I pray, Lord, that in the name of Jesus, you, you guide them as they discover the adventure of their life that you have designed for them. And don't let any evil thing come against them and distract them or discourage them and drag them into something that's a lie and a deceit. But Lord, I speak over our children that they have the right path. They're on the righteous path in the name of Jesus. And they're going to walk right into the things of God. They're going to walk into life and success. They're going to walk into life and life more abundantly. They're going to know the deceit of the enemy. And when the enemy comes to deceive them, they'll say, bind you I rebuke you, I command you out of my life, glory to God, and, and walk away from that thing because there's some things out there that look good. This is what happened to Jesus. He got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Hey, hey, I got power now. I am Jesus the Christ. And the first thing that happened to him, here comes the devil. I'm going to attack your identity if you are the son. Come on now, Jesus, you really think you're the son of God? Come on. Hey, 13-year-old girl, you really think you're a child of God? Some of these young girls would be going, yes, as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> and don't be drugged down into doing things that you don't want to do. Don't be doing things that you know are a mistake and wrong in your life. Because wow, that's what I'd be telling like these young kids. Don't make life decisions. <laughs> don't be making life decisions at 12, 14, 16 years old. I mean, things that are going to change your life for the rest of your life. Because this thing is only going to be here a while. This isn't about your body. This is about your spirit and your soul. Glory to God. So... He was attacked. He was attacked immediately. And what did Jesus use? He used the word of God to come against any attack of his identity. And when they tell us, and you have to do that, when you're told, well, you're, you're, you're this and you're that and you're the other thing because you don't believe the way we do, it's like, no, I believe the way I believe. I know what the truth is. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to change. <laughs> I'm not going to change my mind. I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to become apathetic. I'm not going to step back. I'm going to step up. Amen. I'm not going to sit down. I'm going to stand up. I'm not going to shut up. I'm going to speak up. Glory to God, because that's my right and privilege in Jesus Christ. And it's a privilege to be a Christian. Amen. You know, I preached that at a men's breakfast one time. It was the difference between got to and get to. You know, we get to be Christians. It's a privilege. Yeah, somebody wants to talk about privilege. Well, I'll tell you, I got all of Jesus Christ's privilege all over me. Amen. 
I'm walking in the privilege of the kingdom of God. I walk in that privilege. I live in that privilege, and I know what a privilege it is to live like that, to have that. And, uh, and nothing you can offer. And that's what the devil did. The devil said, I'll give you the whole world. Put your name up in lights, Jesus. <laughs> You'll be the star. You'll have a million followers, maybe even a billion. You can monetize it. <laughs> yeah, you can monetize it, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, that's what's happening right now. But, but you got to worship me. You can't post anything out there that's opposed to my understanding and ideology of things because then you get canceled, you know. And then what are you going to do? How are you going to live? Well, our young people need to know that all my needs are met according to his riches and glory. Amen. I'm counting on the kingdom. My birthright is in the kingdom of God now because I've been adopted into the kingdom. I'm a son of God. His spirit witnesses to my spirit that I'm a child of God and I've got privilege and I've got access. I've got access to the throne of grace. I don't need access to the club. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, we'll stand in line for four or five hours just so we can get in there. <laughs> Good luck with that. What are you going to do the next day? Anyways, yeah, I'm beating on some people. Glory to God. So anyways, he said, your name up in lights. You have a billion followers, except you have to follow me. There's always that catch to it. There's always that catch about where's my soul going to go? And what am I going to exchange? And Jesus said that. What, what happens to a man, even if he exchanges, his, exchanges the whole world and loses his soul? Or he gains the whole world and loses his soul? So, so when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. So the temptations are never going to stop coming. They're going to still be a problem. And then Jesus, now what did Jesus do? Now that he's anointed, Holy Spirit's come upon him. And this is how, and everything that we, everything that Jesus has acquired, fulfilled, and brought into the earth, and been found um, worthy by heavenly standards, by godly standards, is ours. Is this like this? And, he, and he, so he went, and, uh, he went, he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And when he handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had, uh, um, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written. And this is the gospel of the kingdom. If there's one message that I would say that Jesus preached that I, I, I have this, and I can't prove it, I don't, you know, don't, uh, you know, I'm not going to write a book about it or a denomination or anything. I'm just saying I believe that that's, Jesus preached this everywhere he went. I think that was kind of the beginning of a lot of his ministry, that when he went to minister somewhere, he would said, the Spirit of God is upon me, yes. and he's anointed me. And he's anointed me to uh, preach the gospel to the poor. 
He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, or the year of the Lord's favor. And I, we have the privilege to say that too. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he's anointed me to do these things and walk in that and express it and reveal it. And that's what it's all about. It really is about what Jesus came to do. He came to reveal the Father. He came to reveal the kingdom. And they said, and one of the disciples, uh, was uh, well, the scholars would know. I don't know if it was Nathan. Somebody said, <laughs> show us the Father. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And I want to walk in a way when somebody says, show me Jesus. Well, I, I just did. <laughs> I just walked up to you, talked to you, and I just showed you Jesus. Now it's up to you what you're going to do with them. It's up to you what you're going to do with them. That's where I'll close today. It's up to you today. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, if you don't know this Jesus that I'm talking about, if you don't know about the cross that he went to and gave his life for the forgiveness of your sin and my sin, if you don't know about the power of the blood of Jesus to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and set us free, then today you need to know that Jesus is saying to you, you need to be born again. You must be born again. There's no dividing line. But the righteousness that comes through faith in Jesus Christ is for everybody because everybody has sinned and come short of the glory of God. But it isn't about the sin. It's about his righteousness to forgive us of that sin, his righteousness to free us from that shackles of sin. And if the power of the Spirit of God is touching your heart, now's the time. Say, Jesus, I want that. No, I don't want that. I want you. I want the forgiveness and the love and the peace and the joy. Forgive me, Lord. I didn't understand. I didn't know. But today, I want to understand. I want to know you. I want to be born again. I want a new life. I want new opportunity. I don't want to live confused and in shackles and addicted and emotionally distraught. I want that spirit of power and love and a sound mind that you can give me. And you don't have to say, Jesus, have you received me? He'll say, I've, I've just been waiting. I've been here waiting. I've been here waiting for you because I saw you a long ways off just like he saw Nathan under the tree. Was it Nathan or Nathaniel? Which <laughs> These disciples. <laughs> he said, you saw me sitting under a tree. Now I know you're Jesus. <laughs> that was easy. But he has, he's seen you afar off. He's seen you in those places where you didn't think anybody knew about He's seen those places. He's seen the darkness and the shackles that hold you. He's seen those things. He sees the things that go on in your mind, that inner dialogue, that the turmoil and the pain sometimes that you go through, the depression. He knows about that. He says, I see that. I want to set you free of that.
This is your time. This is your day. This is your opportunity. Anybody in here want prayer for healing? I got a whole team in here. <laughs> Anybody here want prayer for healing? Oh, am I going way over, huh? Um, I'll say it this way. Before we go much further, if you have kids and you need to leave or pick them up or do whatever you want to, don't worry. The Holy Spirit won't be grieved. You can, you're free to go to do that. If you've got other things, um, you're, if you've got other things more important than getting saved, no. <laughs> Praise God. But you can come forward. I, I want to pray for you. If you just want a fresh anointing, if you just want the freshness, the uh, freshening of the Holy Spirit. Paul talked about, Peter talked about coming in times of refreshing. I will say it this way. I will dismiss. You're free to go. But if you want prayer, stick around. I'll stay up here. Come on down. I don't want to embarrass or put any pressure on anybody. But if you want to talk about what it means to know Jesus as Savior and Lord, if you need healing for your body and soundness for your mind, some newness of anointing in your life. Stick around, come on down. Other than that, I have not run out of things to say, but I'll end it there. <laughs> Praise God, you're free to go. 